look too much G-Fuel. Past podcast. Damn it. <laughs> oh, Brian, you have to, like, say you're going to start. You can't just jump in, but No, but in his defense, that wouldn't work. We would still just interrupt him. Well, now you're going to. Yeah, like, like now, now it's a plan. That's, that's getting ready to do it. But I'm not getting, I was talking about G Fuel. I, I wasn't planning on interrupting that's shit. That's just the intro now. Matt, use that intro as a start point, and all this can be uh, lead-in. This is a bad lead-in. That is a bad lead-in. <laughs> So that's Hello. what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 326. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. Uh, we got Tim Spence here. Where? Uh, wherever you are. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt Lawrence? I've never been here before. <laughs> That'd be scary, eh? Jesus. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> uh, imagine, like, I'm talking to you the, during the pre-show, like, you know, before the mics come on, test the mics, all the rest of it. You hear my voice. And then disappear, and it's like, Matt Lawrence is here, and then just another voice comes on and does the show as me. Scary. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I would assume Man. you had some sort of, like, voice, like, modulator on or something. It'd be great if there was a webcam involved, though, too. It's just someone else and just staring at you all. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and Adrian Petty. Some of the top stories this week include, uh, we got an update on uh, what the uh, E3 is planning. Or rather, what the ESA is planning for E3. It was canceled last year, but uh, there's talk of a all-digital E3 this year. Uh, potential UK console scalping ban. Um, the bill has actually been put into motion there. We got a bunch of casting news this week as well. Um, so we'll talk about that. Casting for Borderlands and for uh, The Last of Us. And then, unfortunately, some more bad news for uh, CD Projekt Red, who has uh, now suffered a cyber attack and uh, had some of their files sold on the dark web. Cyber so. attack 2077. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh. I'm sure someone else has made that many times. Um, we're going to start with what's new. Matt Lawrence, what's new with you? Me? What's um, going on with you? N- nothing I'd like to talk about. Hopefully, hopefully somebody gets that reference, but um, undoubtedly, uh, undoubtedly, I hope someone in the audience does. But um, pretty standard uh, gaming week, I suppose. Doing a little bit of the Fallout 76. Been delving into building for a bit. I haven't built in a while. Um, So I did that uh, a little bit earlier in the week, specifically using the shelters because I'm waiting on the camp templates or the camp layouts or whatever the hell they are where you can have multiple camp templates sort of saved up and you select which one you want to load in with and or which one you want to have at the moment or however that's going to work um we don't have all the details or at least i don't so i'm waiting for that to build my actual camp but i thought i'd kind of brush up on some building skills and i haven't built really in a shelter at all hardly so i built a little restaurant and stuff like this I haven't fully furnished it and whatnot um but still kind of messing around with it i got tons of supplies so it could just sort of a may as well. And I'd, I'd already completed the season, as I think I already said. Um, so I was kind of doing that uh, quite a bit. And then uh, just do my daily op, of course, sort of that, doing that every day, trying to get the old Brotherhood recon armor uh, and uh, get some script to spend to try to gamble effectively to get the uh, to get the Brotherhood recon armor in unyielding with a couple of good rolls. That's good. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Uh, played a fair bit of Watch Dogs, actually. Um, pretty, like, I, I usually just play for a little bit, uh, at the end of the night type of thing. Uh, so, playing a fair bit of that off and on. Um, usually I only played it for, like, a day or two, uh, in the week, but I've kind of played it just for a couple hours here and there, uh, for maybe three days this week or so. And, um, 
I'm getting pretty far. Uh, I'm still finding new NPCs, which is which is like really crazy. So the different boroughs actually does really lend itself to the different um, sort of roles that people have, like the different jobs they have, the different skills they have as a result of those jobs. Like I was in this one area, I didn't even realize it was some sort of government area, I, I presume, because it was just politicians everywhere. Uh, I walked into this sort of like, um, it's sort of like a really uh, high class, but like eyebrow raising tech company. And um, I walked in there and found a spy. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and he had like a, like a traditional sort of spy car, like a James Bond sort of Aston Martin looking thing, like an older one. Um, but um, there's still uh, I, I'm enjoying the game uh, quite a bit. I will say that that like I, I am reaching a bit of the of gameplay loop fatigue a little bit. So um, the gameplay loop has been. They tell you, you know, hey, you need to you know, take this person out, hack this file, hack this, hack that, or like or like uh, take these files out or photograph this evidence or whatever. And basically the gameplay loop is they tell you to go someplace, you go to that place, there's a little icon on your objective, you go there, you like hack it or you take it or you do whatever. And usually it's like via you sneaking around in sort of traditional sort of Ubisoft um, stealth and then completing some sort of hacking puzzles. Sometimes it's with uh, using like a spider bot or a drone to sort of go through like a really difficult maze, you know, that's like within the infrastructures, the bowels of the building. And then you like sneak in and hack this thing. So like that's sort of become the gameplay loop where every single time they tell me to go someplace, it's just sort of you go someplace and you do it. Now, I will say that I have been doing a lot of the side stuff, which is potentially why I've hit the fatigue, because last night I did um, maybe like, I don't know, an hour or so of the game. And I just wanted to do... Uh, a mission. So there's different factions in the game and I haven't met the one faction yet. And so I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get like acquainted with these people. Like I've just been sort of beating around the bush and not doing this mission for whatever reason. And so I went to go meet them and there was a stupidly cool mission. Actually, um, I'm not going to get into it because it's like definitely spoiler territory, but it's really, really wacky. It's like spooky as well. Like it's pretty scary and it's like really well uh, thought out in the hacker world it's not just sort of like a normal situation if you will and then just but by the way it's on a computer or like by the way hacks like it's actually based around uh someone that understands tech and like understands what uh what they're doing so it's really it was a really good mission so i'm thinking that maybe the gameplay loop will not be as fatigued if i just continue with main stuff so that's where i'm at I'm at the point now where whenever I jump on, I'm probably just going to do a main mission just because I have built my team out really well. And I have sort of somebody in each uh, in each sort of speciality that I need anyway. I have like all the um, different uniforms and different disguises that I need, at least at the moment. So that's where I'm at with the game. Uh, but yeah, like I, I'm still enjoying it. Definitely going to beat it, which is good. Like I was kind of worried when I started getting a little fatigued, but that mission sort of reinvigorated me. So I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that like now that I'm doing the main missions, it's it, the monotony of it is pretty much broken up. Um, but other than that, a little bit of Sea of Thieves with you guys. Yeah. Uh, we're making we're making damn bank. Uh, we used to play and we used to just do the voyages because that's kind of all there was. There wasn't any bosses other than the voyage bosses. There was uh, ghost ships and there was ghost ships of which they were only only galleons when we played, or at least as far as I remember, only galleons when we first got into it. Um, I want to get into more of the tall tales. I haven't really done any of those except for the one. I've done all of them but one, but I will redo <laughs> them again. Yeah, so that's the thing that Adriano and I did. So basically, like, we did the voyages and whatever. 
uh, you know, that was the the bulk of our time spent playing. Uh, there were forts and those type of basic things, but the game was pretty like, eh. Um, and then it, 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 I don't know, it kind of started improving and then they added Tall Tales. So we came back because we took a hiatus. We, t- I, we came back or Adriano and I did and we built the or we didn't build. We beat the first, I suppose, first one or two Tall Tales. Um, the one was like a like a stupidly long adventure, like Indiana Jones level adventure. I would I would put it on. But uh, th- then we stopped again just to sort of give the audience a a feel for when we played and didn't. So that's sort of where we're at. But we I mean, did way more than two. We did like. Well, it was one it was one storyline, right? Like it was a bunch yeah. of the tales, but it was like we beat the we beat the one storyline with. Th- with like, I don't know how to like say this with the spoilers, but like. We beat the one we beat the first storyline they ever released there. That's an easy enough way to say it. We beat the first storyline they ever released. And I will say one damn thing. That was an adventure. Like, holy fuck. When we, whenever we beat one of those missions, it was like, damn, like we freaking earned that. Like it was difficult. It was not easy to not easy to figure out, not easy to do without making mistakes. And then you're avoiding players like the plague. It was just and there was no checkpoints at that time. So yeah, if, you get, if now- you get screwed, it's like, oh. Got to yeah, restart. We, we we've had to restart a couple times because we almost get to the end and we get fucked. Uh, but now they have check checkpoints, so you can actually like res- resume at a later date, which is yeah. So which is way better. But but yeah. So I mean, I've been digging Sea of Thieves. I really like la- like the last time we went and played, we did more aggressive stuff, attacked a couple players, uh, Kraken attacked us, we fought back, Megalodon at the same time. Uh, that was weird. That was crazy. I took that. I took that <laughs> clip and put it and put it up on our. Uh, Do you know how difficult it is to cook down on that main at bottom level <laughs> while you guys are putting that shit upstairs? Every okay, every single time that we're in a crack and attack, I've I've, I've experienced. I, I played with my one buddy Alex months ago, um, and like I think maybe a few months before quarantine or something. I could be it could be years at this point. I can't really remember, but he he was getting. He was like, oh, I didn't realize you could drink grog. He's like, I'm going to go get hammered. And there's three of us on the ship, myself, my, my buddy Nate, and then Alex. And we're on this ship. And then a Kraken attacks. They're, those two are noobs. I'm experienced. And Alex starts puking, like, projectile vomit everywhere. He's trying to help us, like, scoop, but he can't move. He's, like, stuck in corners. He's falling all over the place. He eventually, like, after 10 minutes of the battle, and we've almost sunk, he eventually you know, stumbles his way. He's still hammered. He just stumbles his way out of the, the lower, lower decks of the ship. And he starts puking at us. Like accidentally, we can't see cause we have puke in our eyes. The Kraken's attacking us. We're, I'm trying to tell them what to do. Cause they're new. He's fucking laughing his ass off because he can't see it. He's fucking stumbling everywhere and puking in all of our faces. We made it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how. And we had a full forts worth of loot on the ship. So it was it was a whole damn thing. But yeah, that's that's Sea of Thieves, man. Uh, it can get pretty crazy. But yeah, that's that's been my week. Adriano? Uh I have let me I always have to write down what I What? I heard you typing like we No, oh. I was just I was changing screens. I always have to like note what I because I played Diablo 3 with you fellas. I played some Dead Cells. Finally beat a boss that I was stuck on in Dead Cells. I did some Overwatch. I did some Hearthstone, which I'm also playing right now as I talk. Uh, I went back and started the new Operation Challenge for Star Wars Squadrons, which I think, Ryan, you said you're not even going to bother. I think you're done with them. I was done with the last one because ah. uh, it was it was too late by the time it got in. Um, I do like the look of this new helmet, though. 
Yeah, and it's um, see these with you guys. I think I have uh, officially retired Gran Turismo Sport. I don't think I will be going back to that game. Aww. Um, I am eagerly waiting Gran Turismo. What are they calling it? Seven. Um, on the PS5, which will probably be what will get me to buy a PS5 if I'm fortunate enough to find one now, since I've sold mine. Uh, yeah, but, but now, by the time it comes out, right? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be second quarter or third quarter. Um, but I now have all my Gran Turismo... Only games that I have out on display, everything else is packed away. My Gran Turismo games are all on my shelf in my office. Uh, and it represents all four PlayStation console or generation of consoles. I should, uh, I should, I'll take a picture of it and send it. The fact that Gran Turismo takes so long to come out and the fact that I played the third one first makes me feel really old. <laughs> I played the second one first and then I went back and played the first one and then the oh three, my God. four, five, six Now, sports. do you beat like whatever kind of campaign they got? They, they, I get very far in the campaigns, but there's no, like, like if you wanted to quote unquote beat a Gran Turismo, it's, you know, it's really up to you. Like your Gran Turismo is in each of us. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but, you say that you say that too much. But the audience that was, he says a, that it was too a good much. one. Though. That was a really good one. <laughs> um, but pretty much, there's in the main Gran Turismo games, the numerical entries. There was uh, licenses that you and there were like cups that you had to go through and beat. And when you went through those, I would say you're finished. In this one. They had to tack on a campaign because people complained about it, and essentially the same thing. There were different cups, and I got to ha- I got to halfway point, but I also realized that I just the car upgrades and the way that you purchase and acquire cars are, is not it's so far different from a traditional Gran Turismo game that I just I'm not invested in this anymore. So I decided to retire it, and I would rather spend my time with other stuff. So. Hopefully, Gran Turismo 7 goes back to the traditional Gran Turismo games. Um, but uh, maybe we'll do a stream of it one day. But that's me. Tim? I don't like I don't like how quiet it went when you mentioned stream and Gran Turismo. Yeah, you're going to have like maybe two people internet wide. I don't know about that. If I'm being honest, the I still have PTSD from the damn Gran Turismo 3 licenses. I mean, admittedly, I was pretty young. But holy crap, like if someone mentions Gran Turismo, I'm like, can't turn, don't want to do licenses. It's it's a simulator. It's not a it's not a racing game. It's a yeah, racing but for, so is Forza though, and I can no play Forza. no 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 no. Don't you go to Gran Turismo? People and say that Forza is simulator. Forza they, Forza they will is, laugh you out the for, door. Hang they on a minute. Laugh here. you out the door. Yeah, well, <laughs> laugh your laugh yourself to the to the having attack on a campaign. But um, Forza Motorsport specifically is definitely a simulator. Uh, yes it is yes it is absolutely like literally just is a simulator because you have to like the only thing that i know how to do is adjust my psi and my tires and like the fact that you can do that in a menu filled with other things to do and the last one that i played was four and the last time i messed around with the actual car tuning was in two uh two or maybe it was three but two i think so like like trust me (laughs) trust me motorsport unless it's completely changed is is one hundred percent a a simulator? All right, but it's a pro- it's a joke, really, to the GT people. 
No, that's just a that's just a classic rivalry. I mean, look at no, no, I'm I'm not giving that to you. Friggin' G- Gran Turismo Prologue. This this is insane. Just release Drive, a game. Drive Club is my favorite uh, uh, racing simulator. I forgot that existed. Uh, then there, because if you really want to go, there's uh, what's the what was the PC one that? Um, holy fuck, the name escapes me at the moment. Um, the crew. No, no, it's, it's which a, it's is not a, a simulator. No, it's uh. <laughs> Cars, Pro, uh, Project, Project Cars. Cars. Yeah, Project Cars is a hardcore simulator. Like that is way. That's too much. Of, yeah, Grand Turismo. Like that, like, that's intimidating for me. The one that couldn't get running at uh, no on, frames per second on, on, a, on Switch. On a, no, no Switch. They probably could. It was a Wii. A Wii U. It was a Wii. They could. They couldn't get it past twenty three frames a second on the Wii U. They couldn't get <laughs> that, it to. That's film. so good. Yeah, film was at twenty four. They couldn't even get it to that. The. Uh, uh, the only simulator that we care about here is uh, Euro and American Truck Simulator. I don't know what yeah. you guys. Yeah, now we're talking. People want to get into one of those. I I love them. I on a tr- podcast. I tried. Fantastic. I tried one of them. But, Matt, uh, but it, yeah, go ahead. Matt, is it anything like Cross Country Canada? Um, which one? Uh, the one where it's like a truck simulator. Well, because there's like. The ones I played is like the old DOS one where it's a text adventure. And then oh, there's no, an- no. The, the, another the one called Visual Pla- ones. Okay, so you like remember I remember playing one called Platinum, which was like it had graphics, basically. It wasn't a text adventure anymore. But the thing is, is like let's say you're driving from I mean, uh try to use like a common thing that most people would know. Let's just say New York City to like California anywhere, right? So you're driving like a long haul, like far. Um in Cross-country Canada, yes, I understand that I'm talking about America now, but in cross-country Canada, a distance of that type wouldn't be all that long. Whereas in, a, in like, American Truck Simulator, if you did a distance of that length, it would be, like, I mean, it's been a while since I played, like, 30, 40 minutes of actual drive time. Or yeah, more. sometimes the hauls in that game can be, like, an hour long, hour and a half. Depending yeah, on like, how good your truck is. Like, if you have a not very upgraded truck, like, long hauls can take an hour for sure. Yeah. So, like, basically with basically with Cross Country Canada, it was, like, the the journey the journey was just, like, <laughs> oh, click click here and, like, go go there. And it, and it, and it like, maybe it would take a few extra seconds, but it wasn't, like, a simulation length. This is actually, like, you have to follow the traffic laws and, like, Sometimes you could take like the off road and sometimes you could or like the side road. Sometimes you could take like the freeways or the highways, whatever. And like it's a like you are driving that distance, whether how realistic it would be to the real distance. I don't know, but it is you are driving that distance. Uh, Tim, what have you been up to? Um, I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time. I saw on, that uh, on stream this week, which is pretty cool. It, uh, it's a little janky. It's a bit of a janky game. You're playing on PC, trouble. right? Yeah, I'm playing it on PC. Um, I don't know if it's just that it's like a PC port thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it came out in 2017, right? So it's a little bit older than a lot of the stuff I have been playing recently. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm liking it. It's a darker story than I was expecting, which is kind of cool. Um, but so far, like the combat, I really like a lot. I think it's very good. Um. Yeah, I'm excited better to, too. Yeah, I'm excited to unlock more of the abilities and stuff. And there are some things in that game. So I have like, I have an issue with games where like you don't have all of your combat abilities right away. I really don't like the the style of games where like you unlock 
what should be just like a base ability like like a, a longer dodge roll or like a the ability to, to shoot your bow from a rope like that kind of thing um those just seem like a waste of skill point kind of things i'm talking specifically about horizon zero dawn in this particular instance but like those sorts of things like if it's an upgrade for a pre-existing ability like oh you when you use your healing you're you heal a little bit faster than the base speed that's fine but if it's something that is like a gameplay mechanic that affects how like combat works just give me all of the abilities right away and let me um let me learn how to use like my controls in combat and stuff in that game don't make it that like uh it starts out you know, the combat starts out maybe a little bit harder because you've got no abilities and then it gets easier as you unlock the abilities. Just give me all the abilities right away and make the game a little bit harder so that I have to learn what the best way to use these abilities in each particular combat scenario is. But that's just like, for me, I, I don't know. I, I like I don't like when, when games restrict like what should be basic combat mechanics or movement mechanics behind skill trees. I find it pretty rare when a game does skill trees in a satisfying way i i like it when when the sequels of those games that make you unlock abilities have to somehow explain away your ability to not have those abilities again and how you have mm. to do it all over again and set that sequels. doesn't happen too often anymore though right no they, i don't uh, think so I, th- I thought you were going to say when when sequels you start with all the abilities that you ended the last game with and then you get more abilities like in Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. That's too many abilities. That no, was that, like that, that was that, like mind blowing as a kid. I was like, yeah. "Oh, it's got all the same abilities, and yeah. I can learn more things." Like for, for, for me, it was the other way around. It's like, "Oh, we need to we need to reset the player because we're assuming that yeah. everyone's new. We have to like explain away them not having their abilities." Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I uh, you just got to do the uh, the Metroid where oh my suit malfunctioned and all my abilities are gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My but, magic um, amulet doesn't work anymore in this oh, realm. In I this need realm, a new yeah, magic ma- a different magic source or whatever. <laughs> but um but yeah, the uh other other than uh, than that, I haven't really been doing too much. I, I started playing a bit of Stardew Valley again, which I haven't played in like a year and a half. Um cuz they just did like a pretty major update like not that long ago for Stardew, like maybe a month or so ago, so it's been like very popular again with a lot of my um, my friends and group and stuff um and it's it's cool like i definitely want to like keep going back and playing it's a good little game to kind of pluck away at every once in a while and i'm trying to like actually see if i can romance somebody because i never play that game long enough to like build up my relationship with any of the people um but uh yeah other than that i've just been uh, i've been hitting the wow game pretty hard i uh i i never really um when i was playing it back in last summer when they had sort of the pre, uh, the pre expansion content out, like they put out the Shadowlands update um, for the existing content before the expansion came out, like the overhauled, um, le- like all the leveling, all the zones, uh, they did the level squish. Every class got like overhauled, and usually, at least one specialization for each class um, was like completely changed to be different. Um, but yeah, so just like running around and leveling and stuff has been a lot of fun. I'm like trying to play classes that I haven't played before, um, just to sort of see if they feel different now and if I like them more. So I've been playing a lot of a, uh, a rogue character, which is really fun. Um, Jaina, is that a, is that a wow ca- rogue character? Jaina is a wow character, but she's, she's not a rogue. No. Oh, because she's rogue. They have her as a rogue in Hearthstone. When you pick a rogue class, that's, that's who you play as. 
that I have no idea why that would be the case because she's a mage and always has been a mage. Oh wait, am I thinking J Maybe no, yeah, maybe no, maybe you're right. Who the fuck is a rogue? Um and a boot up Hearthstone. Can go ahead. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, yeah, other than that, um hasn't hasn't really been much to be honest. Kayla and I play Smash every once in a while. <laughs> and then beyond that, just uh Sea of Thieves and, and Diablo. Uh, myself, I have been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Now that's the online one. That's the MMO one, right? That's the MMO one. Yeah. How is that in comparison? Well, actually, here's a question first. What's the one that you played with the car? Fifteen, right? Fifteen. So, 15. what is the comparison? What are your? Because you you were new to Final Fantasy then. So, what's your take on now? Your what first final first online Final Fantasy? Uh, I haven't gotten too far into it yet. Um, just because I I think. I think we started playing Fallout after that, after I had just like finished the download and just booted it up and stuff. Um, it feels like a standard MMO to me. Uh, I did meet someone uh, friendly, and they they uh, they uh, invited me into their free company, which is like a a quasi guild kind of deal. It's just a like a friendly way to get more XP or something like that. Um, not too many like strings attached. I, I hope. Um, <laughs> you're, always, yeah, you're, you're paying into this thing <laughs> i'm always afraid about about guilds when like they demand you'd be online at certain times and doing certain things and being involved i just want to play the game and then team up if i if i can you know a very very casual um uh, so that was nice um I, I, I we'll see how far i get i guess one thing have you ever played mmos before I, I played sotor yeah okay some people are still uh, playing that, man. One of the people that I've like followed on uh, Twitch for a while, um, but like don't typically see him streaming all that much. He's been hitting Sotor a lot. I probably would be playing it if the story was still canon, but since they kind of cut it off at the knees, it's just I've not really felt. Well, most people just want to run around it. with a lightsaber, though. Because I, I just I treated Sotor as a as a RPG, really, a single player RPG. You know, I played it for the story. I went through the the whole campaign, and I only did the multiplayer when I had to, basically, when there was like some mission I had to do with uh, with other people. I, I remember people, playing that game with you. People getting mad at me. Holy Christ! What in Sotor? Yeah, because they're like they wanted me to have like a certain like ability turned on that I didn't that I, did, I didn't turn on. And you're having fun wrong, Ryan. You have to have fun by their max, buddy. I had, to, I had to be a certain way, and I was just like, this is horrible. You should play WoW. It does it all for you now. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember back in the day, like, doing dungeon runs and stuff, and I would always play a hunter because, oh, newbie plays hunter. Face roll class. Um, but I always liked hunters, like, the concept of hunters as a kid. So I'm, like, doing dungeons and stuff. And, like, as you're leveling, it's really easy to level with a hunter because you got your pet with you, and they're great for, like, mob management and kiting and things like that. And uh, then you, ju you jump into a dungeon, and you've still got your, like, pet, who's your tank, like taunting enemies and stuff to get them to like go to the uh, the uh get the enemy's attention so you get the heat off of you right and then you could just do damage and your pet bear or or ox or whatever is uh is taking all the hits and then you're uh if you forget to turn off like the auto taunting on your pet then your pet's taking threat away from the tank and then the threat gets all messed up in the dungeon and then the tank gets mad at the hunter who's not paying attention and shit like that Happened all the time. And I would always, like, you know, turn it off and be like, oh, sorry. And everyone's like, man, fucking, I can't with these fucking hunter noob kids, blah, 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 this and that. 
It's like, <laughs> sorry, bud, I didn't realize that your entire fucking day revolved around pulling five more DPS in a fucking World of Warcraft dungeon. But uh, now he's now got places you, to be, Tim. Come on, man. Apparently, deeper into uh, he's got to hit up the auction house a little bit sooner. Buy a, <laughs> I don't fucking know anything. Um, but uh, now when you like do anything with any class, all of your stuff is just like they've taken the busy work out of it a lot. Everything is extremely streamlined in uh, in WoW these days. You go into a dungeon with a with a pet and the game already just automatically turns off like auto taunting and stuff like that. Just does it all for you to prevent those things. The game is effectively playing itself. But, um, well, maybe I should be playing WoW. I mean, if you like single player, if like playing MMOs in the sense of a single player RPG, this is the most single player RPG that WoW has ever been. I, as With an outsider to MMOs, I just find them very non first timer friendly. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot yeah. of like gatekeeping and power gaming as well. But I just the game in general is is very much like just throwing information at you and expecting you to kind of just get it. And whenever you like learn something new, like this page pops up and it's like multiple pages of text you have to read explaining what these systems are. It's like every mini game in Yakuza ever. It's just it's just <laughs> They need to have me go do it and not just give me a bunch of text and then yeah, tell me to do stuff. Uh, yeah. There's this one part in, in in Final Fantasy where they're like, "Oh, you, there's like these mentors that can that can teach you things." Doesn't tell you how to get a mentor. Doesn't mm. doesn't tell you like like what they do or how they how they take you around or whatever. They just tell you that it exists and that it's really cool and that's it. There's a um there's a new mechanic or not mechanic but I guess like um where they do it in in WoW now where when you make a new character, you can choose whether you want to start at their, at their like racial starting area uh, where you originally like would start as that Mm -hmm. character, like a human or an elf or whatever. Um, But there's this new place called exiles reach, which is like an Island um, where any race can go. And they um, basically it's like a tutorial Island is what is essentially what it is. So you go there and, like you'll get tooltips and things popping up teaching you like not only like the mechanics of how to play the game but specific for each class as well so it's it's got the the most like tutorial um that the game has ever had i would say in in years past and expansions past they definitely just sort of like would throw you in and kind of expect you to you know read a lot of dialogue and um go you know learn how to do things from your class trainer etc that sort of thing um but it's it's all very like i think they've really they know that i mean there's the reason that they they made the level squish from 120 down to 60 like it's it's really intimidating to say oh yeah all the great stuff in this game you know you can do raiding and and stuff and then you get all your good gear and and you can explore all around the world oh but you have to go through 120 levels worth of game first like it's it's too intimidating for a new player so they've Mm -hmm. really made it very um like new user friendly uh with this latest expansion and i think it works fairly well i mean if if you aren't the kind of person that likes MMOs to begin with, you're probably still not going to like the game. But I mean, like if you're willing to give them a chance, like it's definitely a lot more single player oriented and like the story as well. Um, 
it almost for the first half of the expansion it almost um kind of forces you to play it single player anyway because a lot of the uh, areas are like uh phased where you can't really see other players because it's very focused on like the other main characters in the story and then you're doing things with them and helping them achieve things and then other big world events happen and cinematics happen and it's actually i think the i mean since i played which is a you know the vast majority of my playtime in this game was 10 years ago but um I don't remember seeing too many cinematics in this game where your character was actually in the cinematic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of that now. There's much more of a focus on having uh, your character, like, be the 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 player in the scenario, you know. All right. Um, well, how does, how does, like, okay, so I have a question about, so, um, coming from Guild Wars, because that was, like, the one big MMO that I played a lot of, um, unless you count 76, but... Uh, I played a lot of Guild Wars and Guild Wars was everything was instanced. So it was like the towns were instanced. And then if Ryan was in my party, let's say, and we were in a town, Lion's Arch, that's a big that's a big city in the game. So you're in Lion's Arch and you go and you go outside of Lion's Arch, like outside of the gate. Ryan's in my party. If he goes outside, I can't remember he, whether he gets pulled with me or whether he has to walk outside, whatever semantics. He can see me. I can see him. But it's it's an instanced area for our party. It's not for random people. It's not open to everyone. So the question I have, though, is like, so because Guild Wars was instanced, if I had a quest out there for whatever reason, it was like kill 10 beetles. I don't know. And I went to go kill 10 beetles from my memory. And I could be wrong, but from my memory, if I killed one and Ryan killed one, we'd be at two out of 10 in ESO. ESO was very like when we played it. And this was after one Tamriel, maybe like a year or two ago. Um, and we only played it for a little bit, but basically what it was, was it was like, you show up at a town or a city, uh, you know, you take all the quests in the area. There's a couple mains, few side quests, whatever you go out in the world and you go and you do those quests. But like, let's say for example, there was one where we had to blow up pirate ships, which there, which were, which there was one. And I run out there, right? Like, let's say that's us three. So I was playing with uh, Aaron and Ryan at the time. So myself, Aaron and Ryan. And we're, we run out to the docks. There's three ships to destroy. I run to the first ship. I put the explosive on the ship. I run out of the ship. Fighting ensues, whatever. Ship blows up. But Ryan is still in the ship because he has to place his own TNT. So we're not actually doing the objective together. We're doing the objective separately. Instead of it being like Aaron goes to one ship if he could handle it. Ryan goes to one ship if he could handle it. And then I go to the other ship if I can handle it. And then we just blow up all three, you know, relatively simultaneously. It's very much like you do this and then Ryan does this and then like and then like Aaron does this. And we all have to if we want to play together for the most part. In questing, there's ways to play together in other places. But you have to in- achieve your each individual goals. Yeah. Is that yeah. how World of Warcraft works? Or like For the most part, no. Um, unless you're in a particular area where it's like specifically for story purposes, if you're doing like the main story of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um when you're in a in a group uh and and questing, everyone contributes to the same thing. Unless the only thing that I can think of where you have to actually like actively do something yourself is if you have to like loot something. Um, but if it's something where it's like, oh, you have to each, you know, contribute to taking these cannonballs to these cannons and firing these cannons at this fort. Every time somebody fires a cannon at the fort, whether like they carried the cannonball over themselves or if someone's running cannonballs and one person's like staying on the cannon or something like that. Um, every- everybody's contribution goes to everybody. So if you if you need to kill forty rats in this area and each person kills ten, 
and there's four of you, then there you go. You've got your 40. Um, that, yeah, that's it's, interesting. It's, it's only in very like select situations where uh, usually for like story purposes or whatever that uh, that it stops you from being able to do that. Because I remember and like, I mean, we were we were puzzled like uh, Aaron Ryan and I, we were puzzled when we were going through it. Uh, ESO, because it was like, how do we like, how do we play this game? Like literally what we typed into Google was how do you play ESO together? And some people were like, oh, some objectives will be the same, but like the, the quests don't look any different. Uh, like they're not marked as like this is a co-op quest. This just like some quests will track progress together. Um, other times it will be like, you know, there's I think there's like dungeons and stuff like that, which obviously is four groups. So like that we would play together uh, and then end game stuff. I assume I have never reached there, so I don't know for sure. But I assume there's like probably raids and stuff like that in the game. Um, but like that game felt like like a single player RPG fully voiced. It was basically just Elder Scrolls, but with like a sort of MMO, uh, like a World of Warcraft MMO like feel where you were running around in a city and you saw everybody and everyone was running around and like the world wasn't changing dramatically because like based on your actions, because obviously it can't because the world has to stay you know, relatively, the same relatively for everyone else. neutral because everyone. Yeah, can't. but but like so that there's an actual point, too. So there was something weird about ESO and I, I think just just Ryan and I did this because we played it years and years and years before one Tamriel and we had we had this really weird instance where we go to a town and the town's the town was like apparently overrun by bandits or something so you go in you kill the bandits and then you get like the people to come back so now the people are back um it, that isn't an instanced area that's in the world and basically what ended up happening was Ryan wasn't done the quest and I was and he was running around killing these bandits that were in amongst the people. But because I had finished the quest, the bandits were, quote unquote, like the civilians now. And so he's running around effectively killing civilians on my screen. But I've actually li liberated this town. So like the game is trying to be like a single player game in that I did affect that town. I can go back there. I can shop there. It is not hostile anymore, but I can see people running around killing these people that look like civilians to me <laughs> because they're enemies to them in their phase or in at, yeah, at their yeah. point in the game. And it's like, this is very clunky and I don't, and like people really on mass weren't complaining about it. We found very few threads about it. And I always thought this is so bizarre. And it really takes you out of the, uh, out of the out of the game like it ruins your immersion yeah and and that's how 76 is now yeah 76 used to be the the the, the team leader party leader used to like you used to be able to help him with the objective help him or her with the objective whatever do the objective and that's it now it's like no you can go into an instanced area like an instant story area with someone and help them fight that dungeon but you yourself are not going to get progress on your quest if you have the same quest Bizarre. doesn't seem very uh mmo like does it it's always funny to me when games are supposed to be like this particular multiplayer experience and it's very not multiplayer <laughs> friendly very very bizarre is just supposed to be the uh the raids and stuff right or the dungeons and, and whatnot and like trading and and seeing people in the towns i guess yeah but just the the the, the main quest is is just do it on your own or, or play, play next to your friends. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the worst yeah. part was like... Next to, not with, yeah. Because like I didn't give a crap about, <clears throat> excuse me, the story because it's an MMO. I didn't give a crap. So like I'm putting out the fires and, you know, doing my objectives, you know, 
put out these four fires. I'm done the four fires. Aaron's still talking to the to the person. And like Ryan is either like in the middle of the quest or maybe he's a little ahead of us. And it's just like, where are you? Like, that would be the constant question. Where are you guys? Oh, I already put out the fires. I'm on the next phase. Well, damn, I still haven't talked to the fire chief. It's like, well, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the desync is is pretty bad horrible like just just literally not multiplayer <laughs> like at that point mm-hmm. all right let's hop into the stories for this week uh first up is e3 who here thinks e3 is going to survive <laughs> nope <laughs> not for very long no. i think that i think the name e3 will survive as like a period of the year where everyone releases their shit but the actual organization is mm. probably done the spirit of e3 will be yeah alive. yeah in each of us <laughs> god damn it so this is a new report uh it says e3 2021 being planned as an all digital event this comes from kotaku so according to pitch documents obtained by video games chronicle uh this year's e3 might be a, a strictly online affair with three days of streaming content running from june 15th to the 17th uh the documents being distributed uh, to publishers and developers suggest a show featuring lengthy keynotes from game partners an award show which i find interesting Although, did they always have award shows, like Best of E3 kind of stuff? Uh, I think a lot of the news outlets would do their own. Like, did post- E3 did the ESA say, have their own? I don't remember any official, official like, first-party stuff. Yeah. But like all the all the CNETs or IGNs would just be like, who won E3? Like, yeah. like everything else. Uh, multiple streams from smaller developers and publishers. Uh, the show would further be supported by media previews a week prior to the event with playable demos available across multiple platforms. Um, now this does rely on game partners like Sony, Microsoft, Electronic Arts, Ubisoft, and Nintendo, um, cause they have to be a part of it, um, to actually make the event something. So this is what they're planning. Uh, now what's interesting is that a lot of these, uh, publishers and studios had their own digital events last summer, you know, in, in peak pandemic, and they seem to do just fine. So do they need E3 is the question. I like the way that um, that Nintendo's been doing it. And yet again, the industry kind of following along in Nintendo's footsteps where they did their Nintendo Directs. They would just do mini sort of bite-sized, almost like press releases kind of things. But they were um, still officially partnered with E3, were they not? No. Nintendo, no. no. They were doing their own thing. I think I think they paid for an empty booth at the uh, on the show floors just to retain them, but I don't think they actually ever had a presence there at a certain point. Yeah, and I'm and I'm talking like outside of E3 time as well. Like they yeah. always they'll do just, Nintendo Directs multiple times yeah. a year. And yeah. then PlayStation started to do it as well. Um I honestly think these these companies are big enough to support doing their own thing. They don't EA need to wait as well. until E3. They have EA Play now, which takes place at the same time but they're no longer officially part of E3. I mean, Sony's got their, like, state of play things, but they only do, like, one or two a year, so I don't really know if it's necessarily considered, like, the same kind of thing, but it, it kind of is. Um, and that's probably the way to do it. Because, like, the, the draw of of uh, showing off at E3 was that there were going to be a lot of people there, and there were going to be a lot of people watching, but everybody's, like, especially now, is just so used to consuming so much of their content online anyway. Yeah you may as well just, like, the people are already there. You just have to put it out. I find it cheap. I think that's that's the first word I would think of when I think of, like, state of play and stuff. Like, I don't even watch them because I just find them cheap. Like, if you're going to, like, 
put out a small like if you're going to put out sorry a large like long form video um or like a live stream whatever at like as let's say a traditional e3 presentation where you know ea goes one day nintendo goes one day bethesda goes one day whatever and this like schedule i find that to be sort of kind of nice it's all concise that's where i get my my hype for the year that's where i get all my stuff it's all there um everything's all at once so it's like just a really crazy time whatever get all my information know what i'm looking forward to in the year get little bits of information throughout the year because obviously gaming press runs every day and then that's it but like to me if you're gonna be like stay to play i'm like well i mean this is just like a tiktok to me i don't know like i realize it's more than a tiktok in literal length and stuff but to me it's just like well this is just like a tiktok to me so i may as well not watch it because the the benefit of e3 was you get let's say 100 game announcements probably more get a bunch of game announcements 75 percent of those just randomly shooting a random number outside outside whatever are not going to go to plans like they're going to have like delays the game's going to change they're going to be canceled the company's going to go under things are going to be acquired whatever so by getting it all at once you're getting this like big bulk bunch of news certain survivors like, like live on at varying you know degrees of success percentages of success and that's it right like that's to me is like it just was better but if I watch a state of play for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, 30 minutes, doesn't matter. I watch this one random state of play and get all hyped over like the four games they show off. And then two of them, two of them get canceled or delayed. I may as well have not pulled in that information, not set the time aside. I don't know, do work or like go watch TikTok and then like just, oh, this game came out because it's going to be pushed in my face anyway with a bunch of advertising. Like, I don't know whether that's. I don't know. Like, I'm a, I'm a little bitter about the whole E3 thing, but I also I also literally do think that things that are shorter are cheaper. That's just my that's just my take. If they're shorter, though, they can. I mean, it depends what you mean, how you define cheaper. Like, if you think that the production value is worse or whatever, because it's not as big an event. Like, I would argue that a smaller event is much easier to put more polish on. And have it have higher production value, especially when it's not live as well. It's pre-recorded video, yeah. or presentation, or whatever. It's, you, they, it's they know those trailers. They know exactly what they're going to pump out instead of risking yeah. somebody trying to play something on stage and then something going wrong. And then no, I, I would I wouldn't say cheaper in presentation. I would say cheaper cheaper in information we're getting because I because games like this this industry is so ripe with delays and issues and controversies and God knows what that. We're at a like like the movies industry short of COVID would not have as many delays, at least from my experience and my understanding, as games. Games are a lot more intricate than a movie because um, you know, you're obviously building everything from scratch or you're using a lot of different technologies and different studios and blah 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 blah. List goes on. And so there's gonna be um like a lot of delays and stuff. And to me, it's like if I sit down and I set aside like, you know, part of an afternoon or whatever to watch State of Play and Three quarters of that, half of that, twenty five percent of that gets delayed. It's just sort of like I didn't need to know this. It's it's the same. It's the same reason why, like I I know how to build like computers and stuff like that. That's fine. But I like some people who or a lot of a lot of people that I know that you know are into building computers. They keep their knowledge up all the time. I always think that's useless because I always say to myself, I'm like, well, like I'm not going to upgrade this year. So if I'm not going to upgrade this year, if I'm not planning on it. All of these new graphics card numbers and like all these whatever, these these new marketing terms and whatever is useless to me. It's not going to help me because I'm not going to upgrade. So just seeing the shiny new toy 
isn't interesting to me. And I think that that's kind of what I'm getting with state of play where I'm like state of play and others like I'm just using state of play as the example, but others ones too, like EA play and stuff like that, where I'm getting this like 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 EA play is going to show off Battlefield, right? Like, let's say I know Battlefield 5 is already out. So let's just say Battlefield 5 isn't out and they show off Battlefield 5. Well, if I care about Battlefield 5, which I did before it got launched, I'll just wait for a Battlefield 5 YouTube video to come out and I'll watch that. Closer to release when I kind of, quote unquote, know it's going to come out on time. Because then I have like the knowledge that I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy this and like I want to see what it looks like. I don't know like if that's weird, but I just having it not be like concise all in one big hype period means it's means I'm just never hyped. And so I don't care. I think that has a lot to do with the method in which these companies like present this information, though, because like, for example, Bethesda, they announced something. It's either coming out that day or like within three months. Right. Like, that, that's that a good point. They have their um, their hype is a very concentrated, like short um, burst just because like they usually play their cards like extremely close to their chest for like a whole development cycle. And then they'll be like, oh, so we were working on this like kind of cool new thing that nobody was really expecting and then like oh here's follow shelter and people are like oh that's kind of cool like it's not you know it's not the new fallout game but it's it's something different it's kind of cool it seems pretty good and they're like oh by the way it's available right now and everyone's like well what the fuck like they always they always want to have that like a big reveal um but you know then there's other companies that are like oh check out this game that we have in the works and it's probably like still four years out like again like bethesda um it's like how do you how do you maintain hype for a game that long? Like Starfield's never gonna come out. Yeah, you're right. You're right there. Like I really like, and this is and and, and this is like horrible to say about a series that I like so much, but I don't care at all. I don't give a crap about Elder Scrolls Six because it is so far out. Like people are, are hyped over the title card. I'm like, okay, they're working on Elder Scrolls, like. It's so far out. We have no mm. screenshots. We have no information hardly. Like, who who cares? Like, like to me, it's just like, who cares? If I were to if I were to have like forgotten that piece of information for some reason, just forgotten it completely, and have no recollection of seeing that title card or hearing about Elder Scrolls Six, no, nothing would be like affected. Even if I was yep. in the like, game press, it's like, what am I going to reference? Like, Elder Scrolls Six might come out at some point in the next ten years. <laughs> you know, like that's all we have. So oh, it's like, yeah. who cares? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> and Elder Scrolls is probably coming out because it makes millions of dollars. Like, of course it's going to come out. What are you talking about? Like, of course there's going to be a Witcher Four, whether it's called Witcher Four or not. Will like, there be? Of course there's going to be a Witcher Four unless CD Projekt. Of course there's going to be a Half Life Three. <laughs> right but like you also remember valve also invented steam so that's a whole different right but assuming cd project red doesn't create I mean, some sure, crazy revenue made stream, half-life alex i mean that's that's fair too but like the thing is though is like valve went in a different direction cd project red i don't think is going to go into like game launchers you know don't they own god yeah i thought that was ign no they own no, the I, Humble bundle yeah they own. holy crap there's too many damn places to buy games <laughs> That's good. I think my my problem with or my disappointment with E3 fading is that it feels it felt more like an event, a singular event of gaming, you know, where you got all this news over a weekend. Um, when it's all spread out like it was last summer, it 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 was too. There was nothing really exciting 
It was just like, oh, this this studio is now doing their thing. It's like, oh, okay, I like those games. Oh, now like couple, like a month later, this studio is doing something. And it wasn't all concentrated, and so it just it just felt like a run of the mill kind of. Oh, here's an announcement from a company, you know. I like that you called it an event because like we used to literally like anyone that was around, like when Aaron was in town, I think Tim came to a couple of them because we did it for three, four years in a row. Like, you know, we'd get the pizza out, get the chips. We'd all hang out. Adriano was there, whatever, like whoever could pop in would pop in. And it was just like free reign. It's like, hey, guys, these three, four days come in to watch a conference or two or come in for some pizza, whatever. It was just like a chill now, a cool event. Now it's just sort of like, oh, stay to play. Eh." And then I just like, I don't even watch it like that. (laughs) I know I'm telling like I'm ripping on State of Play, but like EA uh, yeah. Play, like I don't think I've watched an EA Play that hasn't been synced up with E3. And I, I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like just, eh. I I agree that that social aspect of E3, I will miss, but I, yeah, I don't think it's coming back. I mean, it's not anyway, just because of like current times. But given given the current times, I kind of prefer the uh, the bite size. Uh, presentations just because it's like now I don't have to sit through all of E3 and watch it this like whole day on Saturday or whatever and it's all crap that I don't care about and there's maybe one or two trailers in there that I do like with everything being bite-sized you already know what you're getting when you see these like YouTube videos that have been put up by Nintendo or Sony or whatever or it's like oh this this Nintendo Direct is specifically about Fire Emblem or this one is specifically about Mario or this one is specifically about Smash Bros um because it's like oh sakurai is presenting this one you already know what you're getting when you when you go into the smaller bite-sized ones i can go past the ones that i don't care about because i'm not going to watch them anyway and then i can watch what i want to watch and then i can move on with the rest of my day what do you think then and this is kind of a question for the floor as well what do you think then about the game awards which is now kind of more game announcements than game game awards I personally always advocate for more rewards. (laughs) I understand that everyone wants to be um, the game announcements, and that's probably why most people watch and why they have such massive numbers. But I I always I prefer it being more of an award show with the game game announcements being secondary. But it's definitely become game announcements first and awards secondary. I prefer it that way. Anything that's like an awards show just becomes too Hollywood and it's just corporate bullshit and circle jerking. I, I'm kind of split down the middle. I could go with Tim or Ryan on this one. I don't, but, uh, I don't know how to feel about about the game awards. Yeah. Like I, I, I look forward to the game awards because it feels like that event thing. I, I'll give um, Jeff uh, Keeley, Keeley, Jeff Keeley credit. He knows how to market the shit out of it and get something off the ground. Like he was determined mm. to make an award show, whether we want to say it's an award show or not. He wants a branding. He wants recognition. And he wants it to be an annual thing. And that's what he's going to get done. So he can uh, make his mark in gaming industry history. Fair enough. I mean, that's his, it's his baby. Yeah. Right? It's his project. Yeah. That's totally understandable. Um, uh, speaking of Jeff Keighley, he actually started his own kind of summer games festival uh, last year. And he had some announcements on there as well. So maybe he'll make a new E3. Who knows? I I wonder how many games he actually how much games how many hours a week he actually plays games or if he if he's so busy of a human being that he doesn't actually play games and he has like somebody else play them for him and he they just like gives him a report at the end of the day. God damn it! He's actually um, one of the biggest uh, subscribers to PewDiePie. 
<laughs> just watches uh oh jeez watches let's players play these games then bases his arguments off of their impressions god is that <laughs> real yes no <laughs> I, mean, I don't know maybe it is who knows all right let's move on here um a potential uk console scalping ban has gathered momentum this comes from ign uh, politicians are stepping up plans to ask the uk government to consider a console scalping ban um, to prevent the high levels of reselling seen for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, in late 2020, a group of UK MPs tabled an early motion, early day motion to discuss the banning of, of scalping uh, and the use of automated bots for gaming consoles and computer components. Uh, the motion led by Douglas Chapman uh, has now garnered 32 signatures from MPs across multiple uh, parties. Uh, obviously, this has become a... a big issue with the new console uh which is still hard to get but that's it's all it's a combination of manufacturing difficulties due to covid and then also all these bots and scalpers uh scooping them up but how do you how would you guys feel about an actual legal ban on scalping i mean there's lots of laws against a lot of things that doesn't mean they don't still happen they'll find a loophole sure but this, this will give you more power to actually try to enforce it hopefully i mean i'd be more for it if i was like really desperately trying to get a ps5 and i just couldn't get one but i just i don't need one and so i'm not personally affected by it but i mean i'm trying to think of like how adding regulation to this sort of thing would be a bad thing for the consumer but i can't really think of anything off the top of my head well to me i feel like you should be able to sell something you own and, that's that, and, that's where I'm stuck. Yeah, yeah. I I I am. Uh, but that's different than scalping. Yeah, like but, if you're scalping like two hundred thousand consoles, thousand consoles, five hundred. Like obviously you're a scalper, but if you bought three to make to make some money off of two of them on, and use hold one, on. but but the, that's the problem. No, like you have to. You can't like. Where do you draw a line about how many is that, okay th- to that, do? That's why I'm. That's why I'm conflicted. Like I'm. I don't have the answer. I'm saying that like if you bought three. Because you were down on your luck and money, and you're like, "There's a way. This is a way to make money." But you don't buy 500. You don't use a bot. You just get three legitimately. But to somebody out two. there, to somebody out there, a politician, another consumer, three is still too many. They're going to make the argument that you shouldn't be allowed to do three. So right. why is it that three is okay for you, but 30 is bad? To somebody else, that dial has to be adjusted because that like. Like a number that you find acceptable to somebody else is not going to be acceptable. I have a so, problem. Like, I have a problem with, the, with, with 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 meddling, meddling in like. It feels this, like it feels like rich people move a lot more volume than scalpers do, and nothing of theirs gets touched. Like I, I feel like I feel like a lot of like ever since there's a like GameStop stock thing, like I just feel as though it's weird when it's like. Somebody smaller makes some money, and it's like, wait a second here. Hang on a minute. You said how many millions? I don't give a fuck about the trillion over there. How many millions? Ten million. To the guy in the suburb? Fuck him. Like, that's where I... Then I start getting like, eh, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel, I don't know whether this is like an attack on that, whether it would benefit. Like, I don't have the answer, to be clear. But I just feel as though it's like, I don't know how, I don't know. I don't have the answer. In this case? What? Is that happening in this case? Well, like, it's it's bizarre to me that they're freaking out over computer components. Like, since when has a politician cared? This is this is where I fall on this uh, scalping. Not not just for video games, for 
uh, consoles for anything. Like, like the graphics card would fall under this as well. Or the fucking, I don't know if you guys heard about the Pokemon anniversary packs that were being oh, released. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, see, like, I, now, like, I hate that. Like, 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 I that, like is, that. Like, like that is, that is bullshit. But this is where I fall on it. You have a right to sell what you have for how much you want. Like, there shouldn't be anyone to tell you that you can't make money on something you own. I feel like you should have the right to buy as many as you can in the moment if you have the ability to do it. I don't think you should be allowed to have automated systems do it for you. I like that. If you want to go out and get those 30 PS5s and sell them and you you do the labor or you pay you pay your workers to go do that labor i think you have you're okay to do that because you're paying a set rate to go and get that money and you're going to sell it to make to not only pay those people or pay that system but then make money on top of it but as soon as you manipulate a system to do it for you i think that's where you you can't uh where it's 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 wrong. You know the one of the biggest problems with this is simply the the supply. You know this wouldn't be an issue if if they could pump up the supply. Yeah, but we all like. I mean, th- things do it, get, it, do do yeah. fall in supply. Like, there's nothing we can do. There's a there's a pandemic. They're being shipped overseas because, yes, like, the, I, I believe they're all being made in China. I would assume. I don't know. So it's like they have to be shipped overseas. There's like a whole like logistics channel. It has to get into retailers. The retail, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole logistical chain. The, the, the pandemic does make things different. But every time something popular launches that's that's new, it sells out immediately. And it's like, how come the companies haven't figured this out yet? To have enough supply to meet the demand. and They, they probably want to be in the news. But but here in the, in this case, and this happened to graphics cards like two years ago, when when you couldn't find them anywhere, like like you, you can't find them today, you know, and it's like the, it's like they would say that we're trying to to fix this, but they they didn't, and then it happened to them again, so they learned nothing from last time, you know. But now it, maybe the it, pandemic is screwing them over this time. That's that's perfectly fair. But with with the GPUs though, there's also a whole new industry of like Bitcoin mining and um, various like cryptocurrency things with with GPUs. So, like, the demand itself has kind of skyrocketed. Now, I do like Adriano's solution of manual labor, of, like, you having to go out and, like, you do it, but having an automated system by 10,000, no. And, like, maybe having a limit as well. Like, a lot of retailers did put a limit of one. So, like, that would help a lot as well. Um, like, to be clear, I'm not a fan yeah, of, I'm not a fan of there being, like, a scalper group. And I wouldn't be, like, out there scalping consoles like crazy buying you know 50 consoles just to screw people over or anything like i wouldn't be doing that but like i just don't like how every single time there's like an issue like this it just seems like this is a small it's a small issue overall and then like it's like this is a i think this is an overreaction i think regulation is an overreaction to this particular situation i yeah i i i think i think banning it's it's such a fucking tough one to like like the concept of scalping is is dirtbaggish but then when you break down the individual elements like i have a i have a water bottle here and like what is different from from a, a a guy 
in a tour city selling a bottle of water for an inflated amount outside of like a major tourist attraction for five dollars a bottle that's a good point it's like it's like how how are those like how how come we're not cracking down on that and 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 saying well you can't do that so like the the idea of just like well yeah you can't you can't scalp these consoles is like no i can i can do like what's the statute on that if i buy them and sit on them for five years then are you guys going to complain if i sell them later like do i need to sell them for exactly what i bought them for for you guys not to complain i think i think the methods that they're using to obtain these consoles i think is very dirtbaggish but they're allowed like you know you know my hardcore uh uh, you know my hardcore way of like if it was up to me I'd say everything has to be government regulated <laughs> you wanna <laughs> you wanna buy this console from uh, GameStop you have to have a government ID then they're gonna take your information and then they send that and Sony and Microsoft have to house that information and then when they see that somebody has multiple of those each ones and then they can start cracking down the whip cause governments have never been you know yeah. mistreating information <laughs> ever <laughs> Uh, Matt, you had asked why like the government cared about this. Uh, the the guy Chapman was asked um, how this um, asked why uh, this process began. He explained that the impetus to uh, begin the debate in Parliament came directly from his constituents in uh, Dumfriesline and West Fife. He says the issue of scalping first came up with the constituents contacting me to explain their frustration about being unable to get a hold of certain games, consoles, or computer components pre-Christmas. On investigation, we uncovered more details of the unscrupulous practice of scalping by automated bots to buy bulk, uh, to bulk buy these goods and sell them at inflated prices. So, like, it's possible that he is going to be targeting just the bots. Now, you said there's something being drafted or tabled at this point, or something. I believe, I believe he, yeah, I think they actually, I think they went forward on something. But regardless, like, if it's about if it's going against the bots, I'm fine with that. Um, until like, you know, robots become more common. I think that's a fair, I think that's fair because like right now it's like, we don't have, we don't send robots to buy our daily goods on Amazon. We just do it on our phones. Um, so I think I'd be, I think I'd be okay with that. I just feel as though this is like, this is, this is weird to have a government intervention over, over like graphics cards and consoles this is like very it's, strange it's to me. because it's because it's so recent and prominent like but i don't like, what are they ex- what are they getting out of doing that well, yeah i was gonna say usually they only intervene once they can make money like they're making their sales tax depending on jurisdiction whether you have sales tax or not in your country but like they're getting their sales tax from every single one unless something greasy is happening um they're getting their sales tax now maybe maybe that's the problem is they're getting their sales tax on initial sale, but not the second sale, potentially. That's maybe what they're like, hey, wait a second. Where's my 13 do, whatever well, percent of the second well, sale? No, they're, I'm they're, not so cynical. Um, yeah. I mean, no, but what are the, why do they care then? Because, now, because it's it's a thing that people are crying out about and saying that this isn't right. And they're they're looking into it and saying, is this right? That's, now, that's this, why they're doing it. This guy did acknowledge that the bill is unlikely to pass because MPs outside the ruling government party rarely see bills become law. So this is just a waste of time. <laughs> well, no, he's, he's hoping that the action uh, uh, will force the government to take responsibility for the ongoing issue. I, uh, it, I don't know. It, it it's gets weird. The, it gets the conversation started, basically. 
I think this is something that we, the people, can self-police. I don't think we need government to help us buy PlayStation how do we, products. How do, we, how do we stop someone I think the best. I think that Best Buy, Buy did a good job. I think that Best Buy did a good job. When Best Buy, the second time for the Xbox Series X, um, so like the second time meaning the PlayStation came out first, is that correct? Uh, or no, no, no. Uh, yes, no, for the pre-orders. That's what I'm thinking. Like the second, because we, we, had, we had secured a PS5 pre-order from Best Buy. I don't know how that worked because I just got it in a, in a panic. The second time for the Xbox Series X, it was a scheduled um, scheduled pre-order window. And I, I like added it to my cart, whatever. The site was acting up and it just held my spot in line for literally like an hour and a half. And then I was able to check out. I mean, like a bot, like maybe the bot's going to hang on. I don't know. I've never built any of these automated systems, never seen them. But like that to me, it's like, you know, limit one per customer, blah, 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 blah. Um, here's like, you know, buy your warranties, buy all this stuff, put it in the cart. Oh, our site's messed up. We'll just wait in line. So maybe there's something where it's like, like, first of all, we're already self-policing it. The limit per one, limit one per is, yeah, is policing, the, the, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but the, the problem is there are people using bot systems to, to generate email addresses to do that over and over. Like, there like are systems in place to abuse that system as well. Well, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, though. Okay, let's, let's take it out of the console market. Let's take it into something like essentials. Uh, grocery stores and other department stores, at least around this area, um, they had a shortage of toilet paper and a shortage mm-hmm. of other supplies during the beginning of COVID-19 due to panic buying. Fine. One of the people that was getting hurt the most were seniors, specifically seniors that, you know, weren't in a retirement home that were, you know, just living and going to get the groceries like normal. So we self-policed and we like, or not we, because I don't own a grocery store, but like the, the department stores and grocery stores self-policed and they said, okay, that's it you know, 6 a.m. or whatever it was, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., one or two hours before anyone else can come in the store. If you're a senior, you can come in, buy your stuff. We have limits on certain essentials. Why wasn't the government involved then? That was Those were essentials, not consoles. Now, I understand this is, we're talking about the UK, we're not talking about here, but the point is, is like, we felt we self-policed that. It can't, It got under I control think, in like three weeks, and then it's over. That's that's a physical retail space, though. The, 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 you can't You can't really do anything about someone else using bots on some other site and taking up all the supply of playstations right but the self-policing could be that um you know canada computers for example uh various i'm sure electronic retailers in the uk i would assume because we're all in different stages of covid are probably doing curbside pickup depending on how whatever they're handling that and they could put 10 of the 20 online and then they have 10 in store like you know it's like there's a self-policing method like there's a way to do this like a bot isn't going to come running in like a surrogate like freaking bruce willis come running in and buy all the 10 gpus and run off from curbside pickup like 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 it's going to be people showing up to buy the 10 <laughs> bruce willis specifically yeah like <laughs> i also wonder if this problem isn't as big of a problem in normal times and just because the supply constraints are making it worse because of COVID. You know what I mean? Like maybe bots were buying all sorts of different things. I'm sure bots buy a bunch, bunch of iPhones every year and, and whatever else, right? But because they, they can meet the supply or the demand rather, it's not that big of an issue. You know what I'm saying? Well, they, they do. Do they sell out of iPhones? That's a, there's a question. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. They it do took, sell it took out of iPhones? Like a, it took me like a couple months to get mine, yeah. I was listening to another podcast and somebody brought up a good point when they were talking about specifically the tr- the stock market where where you had like hedge funds and people constantly trading and he goes he goes I was I was 
always kind of interested in that until like I read a story once of companies like even buying up real estate close to to data centers and and servers where the transactions were go where they knew they were going through so they could have shorter run times from their offices and their computers doing those transactions on the cabling so they could get milliseconds yeah oh yeah of transactions faster oh, yeah. than anyone else and he goes when i when i when i like I, I read that that was when i said like i was out like i'm like i'm not dealing with this like this is just a broken system if if they can just cheese it like that and and that's uh kind of what I, I feel like when it comes to bots and online stuff well remember the i remember ryan and i were i don't remember what stock exchange it was i think it was some sort of alternative to the new york stock exchange or something something like that um it was like a little guy yeah. it was a little the guy no frills and, and he and what, what the guy did like there was a guy there was a guy there um doing a tour of the office and he had this huge ass metal like spool thing and it was like what the hell is this right in the tour and it's like oh what it is is, you know, these computers or these people, whatever, like these big investors, they're buying it so quickly, like buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, like so quickly that like, I forget what he said. It's like the market couldn't correct or something like that, whatever. And so he's like, we have like X amount of kilometers or however long it was of cable to slow the signal down in the office. We like have this huge spool of cable, like a huge industrial spool of cable just to make it so like as if the the cable run is longer artificially, even though it could be shorter to stabilize like the buy sell and all that craziness. Well, and it's what like, they, holy crap. What the big guys were doing were they could see when you made a purchase of a stock, right? They could buy the stock before your your transaction actually went through and then sell it to you at a higher price. It was something like that. <laughs> like because that, they were, like, they were like that is and yeah. yeah, that's allowed. But we're worried about PlayStation Five. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, um, let's move on to the casting news. We got we got three casting announcements here. Uh, Jack Black is going to be playing Claptrap <laughs> in the Borderlands movie, so he'll be joining Kate Blanchett, uh, Kevin Hart, and Jamie Lee Curtis. This is an odd cast of Wait, characters. Who's Jamie Lee Curtis playing? Uh, Tannis. Oh, well, uh, oh, okay, yeah. that's a good one. I like that. Sorry, who's Tannis in in Mortal? She's Lines? the she's the crazy lady. <laughs> she's like the short haired uh, scientist kind scientist. of scientist. Oh, okay, Sci- yeah, okay. Oh, I was actually about to call her by her name, but I realized that's a spoiler for Borderlands Three. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Kate Blanchett is playing Lilith, and Kevin Hart is Roland, and Claptrap is now uh, Jack Black. Uh, this comes from Gamespot, and according to Lionsgate president Nathan Kahan. Uh, he said in a statement that the casting uh, Jack Black for Claptrap was one of the biggest no-brainer casting decisions we ever what? made. What? Okay. And he said, we couldn't have been more in sync with our filmmakers and casting executives as we approached this role. Everyone uh, who's ever played the game knows Jack Black is perfect for this role. <laughs> or <laughs> thrilled he will, who will add his endless comic energy and voice to our film. He'll bring uh, so much to the movie. I, really I would hope not have there's, there's like a singing scene. I really hope that they do that. I hope they just whip up the tenacious D and he just gets like like honestly like a little bit too long of a of a spotlight <laughs> for for whatever he's gonna sing. Like <laughs> to the point where it's like just getting awkward and then and then it ends. It's gonna be great. I like uh I like your comment to uh, the other day, Ryan, when you said why not just get <laughs> Why not just get the voice actor who does claptrap to do claptrap? Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> it's 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 so uh, they have a, they've had two though they replaced them in three. Remember? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, to be honest, last time we played Borderlands, I've already forgotten what the original Claptrap sound like. He probably like, sounds weird if we went back. Though. Yeah. Oh, the original Claptrap? Yeah. Well, it's the same one in 1 and 2, right? 1 and 2 is the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I won't even know what the thir- 1 and 3 sounds like at all. It you The first the first couple times you play 3, you're like, okay, I hear the difference. And then it gets a little weird. And then by the time like, you're 4th, 5th sitting, it's like... Oh, I completely forgot what the other. Yeah, what gets what gets weird? Now. Like it gets I don't know. Weird. I I, I God, one point, so weird. <laughs> I, I, at one point, like the first time we played it, it was like it's different. I hear it's different. I'm okay with this. And then it got to it's different, and I and I don't know how I feel about this. And then eventually, it just turns into it is different, but I forget what the original one sounds like, <laughs> so it doesn't matter anymore. I love the there's a story that Jack Black told about when he was voicing uh, Kung Fu Panda. And he was doing press in China, but the the Chinese version of the movie had a different voice actor for the oh, Chinese no. vocals, and they were wondering why Jack Black was there. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know if Jack Black can do a claptrap though. It's you just going to be Jack Black though. Like, You'll have to yeah. stay tuned to his yeah, YouTube like, channel. Like that's that's all it's going to be. But claptrap is a very different personality type. Then they're both oh, crazy, but also, they're 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 different. I also in, don't in think their... they're going to honor any of the very surface level oh, personality no. traits that they put into Borderlands. Like they're not they're not super in depth characters in Borderlands to begin with. They're they're just going to be basic frameworks for those actors to to uh, to work off of. I don't want to be ageist, but. Aren't Kate Blanchett and Jamie Lee Curtis a little old for those characters, or no? Uh, I was going to say Kate Blanchett could probably still get away with it. Jamie Lee Curtis probably. Like uh, Kate. Uh, I'm not sure old. how old they're supposed to be in the in the game. To be fair. Uh, yeah, cell shading doesn't help. Um, because <laughs> uh, Kate Blanchett, last thing she was in was um, uh, Thor, right? Well, um, she's, I think she's done other things, but yeah, but that's the last thing. Like the I, last nerdy yeah, thing. Yes, that's the that our main audience would be able to reference to. Um. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. When I when I heard that, I'm just like, uh, really? Like maybe like a True Lies 1994 Jamie Lee Curtis would have would have been worked fine, but yeah, well, we'll see. Well, when's oh, the when is this night? in opening the timeline? Night? Opening night. I'll, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'm going to assume that this is not connected to the games in any sort of canonical way, and it's just going to be its own interpretation of Borderlands. I was going to say, if it's later in the timeline, if if these characters are too old, too young, whatever, later, earlier, then it would be, you know, makes sense. But well, based on the character choices and the ones they've announced, you know what? I'm not going to get into that. Is that spoiler territory, or is it just like just yep. a sensitive topic for you? Like you just really want to see a Borderlands movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go see a Borderlands movie just because I want to go back to the fucking I'll, theater. I'll see. Like, it. I have yeah, I serious care. movie theater withdrawal. That's why I want. I will go see Air Bud in theaters. I'm not going to see Air Bud. if I could go back to a fucking theater. I'm drawing the line at Air Bud. I'm not watching Air Bud. I would go see Air Bud. You somehow you somehow went to my line. Like I didn't have a line, and you're like Air Bud, and I was like, no fucking way. I'm not going to see Air Bud. Like the first thing out of my thoughts, I was like, no, that's it. Over. The Air Bud cinematic universe. <laughs> oh well, I mean, there God. is Air Buddies and all the rest of them. All right. Um, other casting announcements we have. Uh, 
these come from GameSpot. Uh, HBO, uh, their Last of Us, has cast um, Pedro Pascal as Joel. What an interesting choice, man. When I saw the announcement for that, I was like, man, that is just like the, the... I would never in a million years have picked him. You're right, but a lot of people seem happy with his choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's, a, I, he's an absolute powerhouse, so like... He's super popular right now because of the Mandalorian. Uh, is that that Officer Pena guy? I don't know actors' names, yes, just yes, to let everyone him, know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Officer he was, okay. he was in uh, Game of Thrones. Prince Oberyn. What a good character. Uh, Wait, who is he playing? Joel? Joel? He's playing Joel, yeah. I mean, I've only seen him in Narcos, and I, I'd i give that a thumbs up. That's pretty good. Yeah, he can pull it off, I think, for sure. It's just it's just like an out of left field kind of choice. Like I would have never yeah. put it on like my short list of actors to play Joel, but I, I do I do enjoy the casting. I mean he has a pretty good um he has a pretty good transition in narcos from like and this isn't a spoiler, just like during like the, the being a professional like in the office to being sort of like kind of depressed and down uh in the off time just because of his like really difficult job and stuff in the movie or in the show. So I mean, I think he could pull off a Joel really well if he can kind of do that same sort of like transition. You know what I mean? To see him in makeup will be really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even. I didn't even play Last of Us, but I, I give that a thumbs up. Give that cast a thumbs up. Because Joel's going to be a lot Last older, right? I played the first one only. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, you're, you're, you're halfway through the. So you've seen Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know who he is. Oh yeah. Uh, and what? Uh, who's playing uh, Ellie? Uh, a star by the name of Bella Ramsey, who was uh, from Game of Thrones as well. Huh. Uh, she played uh, Liana Mormont. But in the later, Mormont, two yeah. s- later two seasons? Because you asked me if I met this character, and I don't think I've met her yet. Because I haven't yeah. finished yeah. the show. She said the North in a very particular way. It's not the Jon Snow girl. I love you, Jon Snow. No, no. she's the, the little <laughs> girl that um, from the North that like was the, the 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 head of the the house she was when, like the, the child leader the little badass when, what season do you meet her in though uh seven or later eight. one it's the later yeah one so yeah I, I haven't even met her yet i gave up on that show i didn't uh i didn't after go hearing six. about the last season <laughs> yeah i was like okay i should i should catch up and then the, all the hate i'm just like you know what maybe i don't need to do this maybe i'll just <laughs> call it, it here honestly best thing i ever did was say like i'll watch the show when it's over and then it ended and everyone hated it and i was like thank god because i am not even gonna touch it now it's a good show man like outside of the last season it's still absolutely worth watching i don't if, know much about I her as an act <laughs> as an i don't know much about her as an actor but uh i i have no complaints there either um i saw people online complaining about that she doesn't look like ellie you don't need to visually look like them <laughs> yeah it's i a know character i know but, <sighs> Fucking schmucks. So, it's like I'm, you I'm also can't exactly look like a video game character either because it's not a real fucking person. Like, <laughs> well, I was, yeah. actually, I was actually about to ask: did they, uh, did they like face capture Joel and Ellie, or is that are they not based on well, real actors? I think it was well, hand done animations in the first game, but then the second game was uh, was definitely like tons of mocap. Okay, I mean Ellie in the second game really definitely well. has a resemblance to. Um, God, I'm forgetting her name. Uh. The, the, the actress who played her, but she does have a bigger resemblance. Ashley Johnson? That's it. Thank not, you. not really. You don't think so? No, I don't. In the second game? No, I can't see it. Wow, okay. 
All right. I I I think she looks closer to her because they were doing the actual face matching and they had to change mm-hmm. kind of the bone structure and and what. Well, it's easy to explain away when she's like six years older. No, like ten years older. Just like growing yeah. up, right? She's obviously gonna look different from when she was a kid, but uh, actually, it's only like five years. I think is it five years? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, still. yeah, but whatever. However, like there is a there is that pivotal point in her life. Like she does go through that. Yeah, it's like fourteen. Like, there, those are those are five important years. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm super excited for this show. Um, Last of Us is probably my favorite video game franchise. So, and the person writing it is uh, well, they have uh, Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog who who helped uh, co-create The Last of Us. Um, and they have uh, Craig Mazin who wrote um, Chernobyl, which is one of my favorite TV shows. Oh, yeah. So I think it's going to be pretty good. Man, it's just so goddamn dark. Kayla and I like struggled to to get through it because it was <laughs> just so Matt fucking that. depressing I'm trying, to I'm trying to get Matt to watch oh, it. Oh, my God. It's so no, depressing. Okay. This, is, this, is the scenario, <laughs> this is the scenario with Chernobyl. You were telling me all about <sighs> it. I asked you if there was a bunch of gross scenes. You're like, oh, yeah. That was oh, your yeah. actual answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I remember <laughs> Ooh, this was, in, in, in the pre-COVID era, I went over to your house to like film in the or to record in the studio and we go to record <laughs> And your mom and your sister are like talking about Chernobyl, or they're watching it. I don't remember. No, anyway. I, I remember what I remember that they had it on. The TV. Yeah, they had it on. They paused, and I was like, "Oh, is that that Chernobyl show?" And they both told me like through the conversation that a it was really disgusting, and the biggest one for me was it changed their lives. And I was like, <laughs> "For the better," and they're like, "No," and I was like, "Okay, I'm out." Like it, immediately, uh, I'm out. I'm done. Matt, That's it. Matt, it's on my Plex. You can load it up tonight. I I'm I'm out. This was shark. You've watched all manner of Shark Tale. You've watched all manner of TV shows and movies and stuff with with certain amounts of of darkness and gore. Why why is this one? Because it's like, real. Off the tables. Because it's based on a real thing. Oh like, really? Like when I watch Band of Brothers, like I feel bad after. It's like Jesus. Like this is right. pretty bad. Right. But if it's like an action hero and they get all beat up, it's like you know it's gross. I might wince, but it's like that was a fake scenario. All right. I I, I can I can understand that. All right, our final story for the week. Uh, CD Projekt Red uh, unfortunately suffered a cyber attack and uh, source code was stolen for Cyberpunk, Witcher 3. Um, I think they also said Gwent. Uh, this one comes from IGN. Uh, so the company announced the attack on Twitter, noting its internal systems had been compromised and that the hackers ha- had left a ransom note. Uh, the ransom note was released to the public alongside the announcement. <laughs> and it claims that the hackers have dumped full copies of the source code for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent and the unreleased version of The Witcher 3, uh, presumably next-gen version coming later this year. Uh, the hackers also claim to have access to all of the company's documents related to accounting, administration, uh, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Oh, my ransom, lord. The ransom note ends by noting that CD Projekt Red has 48 hours to contact the hackers, or your so- source code will be sold or leaked online, and your documents will be uh, sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter uh, even more, and people will see how you shitty your company functions. That's how they wrote it. Uh, investors will lose trust in your company, and the stock will dive even lower. And what were they hoping to get from uh, from? CG Actually, yeah. What are they? What are they demanding? Well, it's yeah, a they ransom. But like they said, contact us. We like, oh, we're, they're holding we're... their information so that it would basically be that we'll will give you your information back or, or not release it. Yeah, but like what do they but what would what, what would CG Project Red have to do to get them not to do that? 
Like, what is it they were looking Probably to Probably pay get? Bitcoin or something like that. Oh, it just, it just says contact them. They need mm. to contact them within 48 hours. Then I guess they'd say what they wanted. What Bring a are. bag of money to the third abandoned floor of this oh my building. God. So CD Projekt Red did not uh, adhere to the demands. Um, they did not contact them. They simply posted the announcement and then posted the, the ransom note. Uh, and now I it love... apparently appears that uh, their information has been sold on the dark web. All right, so they're not. So they're playing hardball here. So they're telling the truth. Um, yeah. I like I like how the the ransom note was a readme file, just, just left in a directory for them to to find. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, I got no comment on this. <laughs> uh, speaking to IGN, I... Victoria Kavilovich. A threat intelligence analyst at Kila explained that it appears all of the files stolen were sold in a single package. It's unclear who the buyer is or what they intend to do with the files at the time of writing. Uh, it's also unclear what price the files were, were sold for, but reports yesterday indicated an upfront purchase price of $7 million. Oh, And so damn. apparently this was set up as like an auction, which required a deposit to enter, uh, with starting bids at $1 million, moving up in $500,000 increments. <laughs> Holy shit. You know what the... the Who cares this much? You know what the twist would be, though? (laughs) What if this is a competitor? What if it was CG Project Red that went in and bid their own stuff back? That would be be awesome. That'd be awesome. Wait, did they sell it themselves, too, to make money? No. They bought it. They bought... (laughs) What? It would just be like, buy, sell. Oh, they're the buyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What if they were the buyers, the silent buyers... You know how to get into the dark web? Yeah, man. Tor browser. It's easy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I look, he, no, he's not wrong. I mean, he's not I wrong. Look, uh, I look forward to uh, all the inevitable like YouTube comparison videos saying like, oh, this is the original version of The Witcher 3 and this is what we got. And they're going to like, I, like all the all the dissection of the early versions of the games that are going to be. Who fucking cares? Like, Jesus. The investor relations might be a thing, though. Right? Yeah, people have too yeah. much time. But the public at large won't care about that stuff, though. No, unless it's like something crazy. Like, what if it's it, some sort yeah. of scandal? I mean, if it was a big enough scandal, CD Projekt Red would have probably just, you know, contacted them and paid whatever they were asked. Well, I think you're supposed to contact the authorities. I don't. I mean, they're probably doing <laughs> the right thing here. They don't want this to happen again. No, right? what? I, so no, no, I'm they, not. If I'm they not show that they're not, they're not playing ball, you know. No, but I mean, like, if they're what, what I'm saying is, is like the investor relations and those type of information could be what the person that purchased it on the dark web was after. What I'm saying is, is what if there's a scandal in there? But I said there probably isn't one that's too bad, because mm-hmm. if there was, then pre-CD Project Red would have just shut up and just, you know, contacted these guys and then paid them. That, that yeah. So if there's that probably nothing. Out, though, that'd be worse. That it would be real bad for them if it was yeah. found out. But like, yeah. I, I would assume that like the only thing that sucks well i mean the whole situation sucks but the only thing that really sucks is probably the amount of work hours put into all that source code what's uh did they steal the source code like is it gone or is it they have a no. copy of it they no, said they have I a backup they have a backup they said they because in the thing they said there's we have something but chances are you're just going to get a backup of it anyways right oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah so they're like all all they're doing is pretty much Giving the option to people to look at the at the game. 
All right, but, that's all we got for this week. Um, Tim. Hey. <laughs> you can, uh, if you like video games, <laughs> wow, that was incredibly may, well paced, which you may or may not like. Um, I'm streaming Horizon Zero Dawn four days a week. Twitch.tv/slash Yeah That Figures. And sometimes jokes are funny. Sometimes, sometimes. jokes are funny, like as a in, no, like in, not your yeah, jokes. in general. In general, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> I'm not funny, but sometimes jokes are funny, you know. <laughs> and uh, we're streaming uh, Sea of Thieves on uh, Twitch.tv/slash Damon Patch Media. Yes, yeah, Sea of Thieves. So we got it working. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we will. Peace.